School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE, and my GMRS call sign is WQXJ920. This is session number 229 of the podcast, and we're talking about GMRS, or General Mobile Radio Service. All the session notes can be found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 229. So, as a reminder, we're going to start off pretty much every podcast episode like this for a little little bit because I need your questions. I need your questions to continue doing our Ask Scanner School sessions. Please pick up the phone, if not now, at the end of the podcast episode and leave me a question at 516-308-2885 or go over to our Ask page. Go to scannerschool.com slash ask. Click on the speak pipe button and leave me a voicemail that way. If you leave me a voicemail at either the 516 area code or over on speak pipe, we'll put you in a running for a free tutoring session where we can do a face-to-face or a zoom-to-zoom, and I can help you out with whatever is bugging you with the scanner radio hobby. Or you could use just the regular email form that's on the page, submit your question, and we'll just put that into queue and, and answer those questions as well. And of course, you can join our Discord community and discuss anything radio related. We've got rooms in there for basically aviation, mill air, weather spotting, a GMRS <clears throat> topic of tonight's conversation, and a very hot topic uh, lately in our Discord server, as well as photography. And and uh, we're gonna, we have to make one for drones. I got to tell you that. That was a request that came in. Barbecuing. Stuff like that, right? Stuff that's radio related and a little bit beyond little, little extra little hobbies in there as well. And you can always join our discord by going over to scannerschool.com slash discord. So G M R S or general mobile radio service. This is a personal radio service. This is a, something that you could use, your family can use or your immediate family can use. And it's a great time to get your license If you haven't gotten one already, why is that? Well, at one point, it used to cost $95 to get a license. The FCC last month has dropped that to $35 for a 10-year license. $35 is a bargain. It's almost half the cost of what it was recently at and a third less than what it was at its highest. So these changes... We're a long time coming. It's a great time to talk about GMRS. Like I said, there's a lot of hype about it right now. A lot of people are getting their licenses. We're going to find, I think, a lot of radios are going to be flying off the shelves. And there's a lot of lot of talk about it in our Discord community. So that's why it's a great time to talk about this here on the podcast. What's great about a GMRS license is the fact that it doesn't just cover yourself when you buy a license. It covers your immediate family. So it would cover your spouse or your significant other, your kids, your parents, 
you guys can all use the same license to talk to one another. That's the nice thing about it. It is a family radio service or a part of the FRS setup or spectrum. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it's also great for when it hits the fan or for prepping or for emergency use. If you lose your cell phone, you lose your landline, you lose power, you got to communicate between households, you can do that with GMRS. You can have handheld radios. You can even use external antennas or you could use repeaters. So there's a ton of stuff. So GMRS is a great way to communicate with your family, with friends, with loved ones when other things fail. I can't say when all else fails because that's the model for amateur radio. But if you don't have your amateur license, if you're a little bit shy of taking a test or just the fact of taking a test turns you off to getting licensed, GMRS is a great way to get on the radio, use repeaters, be a part of a community, be in touch for only 35 bucks. Now, a lot of this, what I'm going to say today is in the U.S., but if you stick around, we'll talk about some other personal radio services that are available internationally. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month, or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early. And also, you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill K, Bob Milton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C, Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacques Barry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B, Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, Joe Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Kelly Wilkins, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lopez, Nicholas. Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Roger Stenstrom, Ronnie Box, Al Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazza, Ted Glendie, and William Arcand. Okay, so let's start from the top. What? What is GMRS? Well, GMRS, the acronym stands for General Mobile Radio Service, and it sits in the UHF spectrum here in the United States. A lot of these frequencies are kind of intertwined or even the same as FRS. And to me, I'm an old, old school FRS kind of guy. When when I first started getting into all this, I didn't have my GMRS license really until a couple of years ago, I guess. It, I always remembered FRS being different from GMRS. They were kind of splintered frequencies in between GMRS frequencies, but there was a change to everything. We're going to talk about the history in just one second, but there was a change. 
And now FRS and GMRS are intertwined together, basically. So if you have a GMRS license and you want to talk to somebody on FRS, that's completely legal at this point in the States. As long as you follow power restrictions and deviation restrictions, you're good to go. So you could actually have friends of yours on FRS radios talking to you while you are using your GMRS license in GMRS radios. So that's all good to go at this point. You can use higher power and wider bandwidth on some FRS frequencies if you have your GMRS license, but the ability to interrupt with other people with FRS is great. Say you're at a an event and there's a lot of people there. We used to use these a lot with uh, races. Races being a county emergency organization that's kind of under the umbrella we used to use this a lot with CERT, or I think it's what, Community Emergency Response Team. A lot of these were just volunteers from the community that would be called up from OEM, basically, as a volunteer leg. And they needed a radio to communicate with. So they had FRS radios. Well, now knowing, and since the rules change, you could actually take your GMRS radio out of the bag and communicate with these other FRS users, making it that much more of a more of a draw to GMRS and getting licensed. Now, in the spectrum of FRS and GMRS, there's eight dedicated GMRS repeater input frequencies that are off limits to FRS. And FRS cannot use repeaters. They're strictly simplex, maxing out, I believe, two watts, where it used to only be half a watt. So there's still a bigger advantage to using GMRS over FRS. The frequencies that you can find GMRS in range from 462.55 to 462.725, and then also 467.55 to 467.725. So it's it's in the right right in that business band spectrum right up there, just you know, right in the middle of all that in UHF. And the nice thing though, like I said it earlier, is that repeaters are supported in GMRS. Now, here's the trick when it comes to repeaters. Some are closed, some are open. So before you start going going onto somebody's repeater, see if they will at least allow you on the repeater. Some people don't care. They just put up the repeater and they expect it to be used. Others require membership. And they require membership because it takes money to maintain repeaters. The repeater hardware, the radio, the antennas, the site location is rent on some of those. So I do support the local system here, which is called Bridge the Gap, which was created out of a uh, an alternative to amateur radios, races, or Aries. Bridge the Gap, or they called at the time SHTFLI, where for when it hits the fan, was kind of there as a community response group to help the community. So. I support that. So I'm a member with BTG and my dues help pay for equipment rental or, 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 or site leasing, equipment repairs, those kinds of things. At least, at least that's what I hope it's going towards. But still, it does take a lot of man hours to maintain something like that too. So if it helps buy somebody some coffee and donuts to get to the site and maintain it, that that's all good. But there's other repeaters out there too that might just be for certain organizations such as there's there's one here i think it's got 14 linked repeaters and that's only closed unless you are in or your family is in public safety or public service so you've got to be 
a member of the police department or a volunteer firefighter, law enforcement in general, right? Military. Those are the kind of people they want on their system. So if you're an average Joe like I am, I guess you can apply and they'll, they'll see if you'll you'll be a part of it. But it says, as far as their listings online, that it's strictly for that kind of person on it, right? But again, like I said, don't let that you know shoo you away from getting on repeaters and whatnot because some repeaters are there just to be used. And that's part of the hobby that some people like to use, right? They, they just want to put the repeater up and they expect people to use it and, and that's what it is. Or maybe it's for their families and their friends. They don't mind if you use it, but don't take over or monopolize the machine either. One of those deals. Same with a lot of amateur repeaters, right? Some of them are open. Some of them are closed. Some of them require this. Some of them require dues, right? But some of the repeaters here also in my area, they also are part of larger repeater networks, such as you know the national GMRS net check-ins and stuff like that. They, they happen to link up with Zello or some other backbone service that allows repeaters to link up. So let's talk about the history of GMRS because it's got a very interesting history and it goes back into the 1960s. It's been around for a while. So it used to be like a commercial businesses area or commercial businesses use and they used to be licensed. You can no longer be a commercial business or commercial license in the GMRS or FRS spectrum. I mean, there's a couple that were grandfathered in, but this is brand, there's no new licenses being issued for those frequencies. Way back when, the 1960s, this was really considered a Class A citizen's radio service. You were limited to 60 watts, and like I said, there was, there was commercial licenses in use. This changed, though. In 1970s, they dropped it from 60 watts down to 50 watts. And in 1987, the rules changed again, Business licenses were discontinued, and businesses that had existing licenses were allowed to operate until the licenses had expired. They were pushing businesses off of the GMRS spectrum and off to mobile radio services such as MURS or the colored dots, right, the VHF channels. This change was basically brought on because of congestion. There was just too many, too many users needing frequencies, especially in large metropolitan areas like here where I am, in the New York City area. And about the same time here, the GMRS name was issued to those frequencies and for that specific use. So we see from 1960 to 1987, it was kind of like the wild, wild west almost on, on these frequencies, right? In 2015, though, the license fee dropped from $95 to $65. And... That was great. I think that was about the time that I got into GMRS, if I'm not mistaken. I know I spent $65 on my license. In 2017, though, FRS service was redefined. I remember FRS, again, as being these little handheld radios. You bought in a blister pack. It had an attached antenna. It put out half a watt. But now you're allowed two watts on FRS instead of the half a watt that you were originally allowed, which is, again, really great because it does help you communicate better because FRS is only simplex. And again, it helps communicate with other GMRS users as well. Now, in 2017, here's an interesting fact about GMRS is that the FCC expanded GMRS to allow short data messaging applications, including text messaging and GPS location information to be sent over GMRS frequencies. Now, I haven't seen that here locally. I don't know if anybody is using that, but I would be interested to see how that is being implemented into GMRS licensings and areas. So if you're using the short data packets in GMRS, 
I'd like to know how you're using that. Maybe it's just MDCID bursts before or after transmissions. Maybe that's also what they're clarifying. Because I know a lot of people were also embedding that because they were using commercial radios for GMRS. And in 2019, they, they made a little bit more of a clarification restriction by saying it was unlawful in the U.S. to import, manufacture, sell, or offer to sell radio equipment capable of operating under both GMRS and FRS here in the United States. So that's a brief history basically on what GMRS is and how you can use it. But who uses it? Who uses GMRS, right? Like I said before, anybody can use it. All you have to be is licensed or a family member related to somebody. I mean, if you're a family member, you should be related to somebody. But you should be a family member of somebody who is licensed. And of course, you should say to them, look, you know, can I use your FRS or your GMRS license? The licensing renews every 10 years, and you need to be at least 18 to have your own license. Like I said before, it's valid for your family. So you can give it to your wife or your significant other, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your siblings. So basically, if you're a citizen of the United States, I don't know if you have to even be a citizen, to be honest with you. But if you're in the U.S., you have to be licensed. It's very simple to do. You go to the FCC's website. If you don't already have an FRN number, you apply for an FRN. You submit your information for GMRS. Again, it's all done online. You make your payment. And it really takes like two or three days for them to issue your license. As soon as you get your license, you're good to go. Go ahead and start transmitting and having fun with GMRS. Again, why do we want to use GMRS and not something else like FRS if it's going to share the same frequencies or ham radio? Well, FRS, again, is better than GMRS because you can communicate with a group at longer ranges than FRS. Again, GMRS allows you to have higher power and to use repeaters. The fact that you can use higher power and repeaters just increases how much of a geographical area you can cover with your signal because a repeater will repeat whatever it is that you say. So you can go 20 miles maybe, maybe even more, especially if a system is linked or repeaters are linked together. Can't do that on FRS. So GMRS makes it very affordable and easy to get multiple people on the air and to communicate. And think about how you'd want to communicate with somebody, right? You could use them for just in your prepping. Like I said before, the repeater I was a member of, Bridging the Gap or or BTG, started off as SHTFLI. Again, when it hits the fan, that's what the system was built for. So part of your prepping should have a scanner radio, maybe a ham radio, and definitely something for GMRS and FRS. You could probably use it for hunting, driving, if you have a large caravan, if you can be meeting somebody somewhere, family outings, day trip at the amusement park, or hiking, or whatever else like that, right? I mean, we're all used to using our cell phones and sending text messages or making quick phone calls or using a push-to-talk app or something like that. But imagine you're in an area that just doesn't have cell phone coverage. Maybe you're at a national park. There's no cell service there or something like that, right? You're on a campground. You're in the middle of wherever. There's plenty of places here in the U.S. that, that do not have cell coverage. So... It's always great to be able to have something that you can use to communicate with really easily. Like I said, I always think I'm much a radio, and mainly because I've been licensed forever. <laughs> I've been licensed since the mid '90s when it comes to amateur radio, so that's that's really the first thing I think of when I you know when I think about communicating. But 
again, you know, something about using FRS where you can pretty much use it for anything, but GMRS to be able to use it with more power, right? It, there's a lot of a lot of reasons to go with GMRS. And again, if you're somebody who doesn't test well or has no interest in taking a test, there's nothing wrong with just saying I'm going to pay $35 now and get a GMRS license. It, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it there's plenty of people that do just that. So, where can you find information about where repeaters are in your area and what repeaters you can get on or which repeaters you can use? Well, first of all, before we even get there, like I said before, there's 22 frequencies that you can use for GMRS and FRS. Those are basically in any scanner or any radio. Again, you can find the channel layout online pretty much wherever you want to find anything with GMRS. In fact, any GMRS radio will have the, the channels basically in there already. But if you're using a radio that you're going to program yourself or a radio you've a radio you have that you're programming yourself or you scan a radio, you scan a radio, really should everything set up there already for you. But online resources, I mean, Wikipedia has got the list of frequencies in there. We'll put a list of frequencies in the session notes here for you. You can find them over on Radio Reference. The frequencies are listed there in the database. They're also listed on Radio References Wiki. But you can also look under to Repeater Book to find repeaters in your area. Now, Repeater Book, at least where I am, doesn't really have a great listing of repeaters for where I am. I typically go to mygprs.com. Again, mygprs.com. And I think that one's got a pretty good database of repeaters. It's got a nice map. You can see what repeaters are open, which ones are closed, which ones require memberships, how to contact the repeater trustee, frequencies, PL codes, DPL codes, whatever it is, right? A lot of that stuff is in my GMRS. So you can go there and find out a ton of information about GMRS just by going there. So on the other side of this break, we'll talk about more on GMRS. We'll talk about some alternatives too, and also some international stuff when it comes to GMRS. As a reminder, anybody who's a $3 a month or higher Patreon supporter will not get this break. For everybody else, we'll catch you in a bit. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out scannerschool.com support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com support. Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at 
courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on beside your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swissome and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell POGSAC and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss phone, and Unication dealer serving the North American market and, of course, is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory or to request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. All right, so what are some alternatives to GMRS? Because, again, we've talked about a couple of them already tonight or today, whenever you listen to this. So we've got GMRS. We have FRS. They're kind of like brother or sister, I guess you could say, right? They kind of work hand in hand now. When they used to be two separate services, now they are pretty much combined. We've talked about amateur radio, right? Amateur radio is different because it allows for multiple frequency bands. So not only can you use UHF. But as a technician class license holder, you can use two meters or anything higher than VHF, basically. So you can use VHF, UHF, you can go 220. You can do 12, 1290, I think it is, microwave bands, some parts of 10 meters, which is down in 28 megahertz. And you also might have some Morse code ID on some uh, Morse code use on lower bands as well. It's been a while since so I looked at the technician class licenses. But as you go through the testing process with amateur radio, you gain more, more spectrum that you can use, primarily down in the HF spectrum where you would use for inter- intercontinental or worldwide communications down on HF. And that's really where the draw is for amateur radio is to use things like HF. But amateur radio also gives you access to other digital modes that you could talk around the world with too if, if you just have a technician's class, such as using P25, NXDN, DMR, uh, D-Star, right? These are all protocols that are available to you that aren't available on GMRS. Again, let's go to FRS. FRS, again, family radio service, no licensing required, shares the same frequencies as GMRS, but no repeaters, simplex only, which means very limited footprint. 
you're better off paying the $35 and going with GMRS. You'll thank yourself the minute you need to pop up the power or use a mobile-mounted antenna while you're driving or an antenna on your house, right? Well, what else is out there for us to use? Well, we have also have CB, or the chicken band, right? The chicken band, CB, has been out for ages. I mean, anybody who's grown up in the 70s, right, watched Smokey and the Bandit or whatever else, knows all about CBs, right? So CBs are huge. They were big in their heyday. They're not as big now as they have been. It's like the wild, wild west, though. It always has. I think it always will be. I know my when my dad had his uh, was in the CB, he had to get licensed for CB. Those days are long gone. Anybody can go to Walmart or wherever else and get a CB radio, put a magnet on their car, and plug it in and start talking. So whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But you can get on CB. Now, the, the voice quality and fidelity on CB isn't really that great. You're using AM or AM modulation, right? Amplitude modulation on CB. Sideband is big on CB as well, on the higher end radios. But recently, and we'll talk about this on an upcoming podcast, you can use FM in the US on CB. And that's going to bring a whole bunch of changes to the CB area, uh, CB spectrum. And I'm really excited to see what that's going to mean for CB. The thing with CB, though, is you're limited on power. But there's a ton of people out there that are using illegal amplifiers to gain more more contacts or just to push over people, right, on CB. The reason why they limit you on CB because it's down at 27 megahertz. You have the potential to go states or even across the country on CB if you're pushing enough power. I mean, when 10 meters is open... On amateur radio, you could talk across the Atlantic Ocean. Same could be possible too when it comes to CB, right? So there's a limitation to CB. Plenty of people out there. I am not one of them, to be honest with you. And even if I was, I could never admit to it. But there's plenty of people out there that have illegal illegal amplifiers for CB. CB is used primarily by truckers. So if you're driving cross-country and you want to hear basically what's going on, you can listen. I think it's Channel 19. And it's also good, too, because a lot of truckers like to communicate and let the other truckers know, hey, there's there's a cop up ahead. There's a broke down here. We're down to one lane. You know, there, There's a lot of radio traffic on there, too. A lot of knuckleheads on CB, but a lot of people love CB because it's crazy over there. <laughs> so personally, I haven't listened to CB in quite a long time. But there's definitely a market for it. There always has been a market for it. There's plenty of people who love their CB radios. Plenty of people out there who like to modify their CB radios. If it's if that's your thing, go for it. And if it is your thing, let's talk about it. Come on the podcast. I would love to talk to you about CB, what it is you do with it, and what we can hear on there as well. But I think the landscape on CB is going to change again with FM radio. What else do we have? We have MERS, M-U-R-S. And that's, again, where a lot of businesses were pushed off of when they came off of the GMR spectrum. They were pushed down to MERS, or multi-use radio service. It can be used by businesses or by personal use. It's in the VHF spectrum. Again, we'll post the frequencies for these over on the session notes. There's five VHF channels you can use. And again, a lot of these were like the old blue dot or green dot uh, radios, too, from back in the day. So, again, if you're looking for an alternative to GMRS or FRS, you can always grab radios and go down to the MERS channels. 
So there's some services here in the U.S. that you can use as an alternative to GMRS. Again, we talked about CB, FRS, Ham Radio, and MERS. All right, so now let's talk about, since we have we did a lot of talking here about the United States, right? I know my, my audience is global. Let's talk outside the United States. What does GMRS mean for you, or what is your equivalent of GMRS? Well, in Canada, handheld GMRS radios up to two watts have been approved for use without a license since September 2004. Now, anything I talk about from this point forward, basically, including what I just said about Canada, comes out of Wikipedia. These Typically, these are dual FRS and GMRS units with fixed antennas and operating at 2 watts on some GMRS channels and half a watt on the FRS-only channels. It says here, too, that mobile units being permanently mounted in vehicles, base stations, and repeaters are not currently permitted on the GMRS channels in Canada. So that's a huge difference between the U.S. and Canada. So if you're using GMRS and you cross the border, be aware of the changes there. Also, there's some changes, too, if you are in an area that borders Canada, right? There's a certain you know latitude, longitude thing that happens there. It also happens in amateur radio and also in public safety. But there are some GMRS frequencies that you cannot use. So make sure you check uh, the FCC guidelines if you live in that area. Now, you want to go south of the border? You want to go to Mexico? It says right here that FRS is approved for use in Mexico. But again, the hybrid FRS and GMRS radios are not. Let's talk about Australia and New Zealand. So I know I've got a, a pretty good following down on the as well. So it says right here that in Australia and New Zealand, the 77 channel, which used to be 40 channels, UHF CB citizens band near 477 megahertz is used for a similar purpose. In New Zealand, handheld transceivers are class licensed and require no individual registration. Repeaters may be used, but these require an individual station license. The Australian Communications and Media Authority also allocated a band near 434 megahertz for low-powered devices with low potential for interference to others users of the band. That was a mouthful right there. I hope you guys understood what I just said there because I got to reread that <laughs> to, to keep my head around it. But I think what it's saying here is their version of GMRS or UHF-CB instead of being down on 27 megahertz, you're up on 477 or 434. So it sounds like I'm a little jealous of that. But again, here's here's what you look at too, right? You can't take something from the US and bring it to Australia, New Zealand, and vice versa. If you brought the New Zealand UHF CB to US, you'll be talking right over the UHF T band, which is where public safety and some TV stations are. So you can see how there's a change of frequency allocations through geographical areas. Now in Europe, Boy, you guys have it really interesting over there. Now, don't forget in Europe, right? DMR is a European standard, right? And and there's a whole whole big thing we talked about with that when we talked about DMR. But you've got DPMR, right? DPMR, they call it PMR446, is a personal radio service with two sets of 16 channels and one set of eight channels available for a total of 40 channels. The original PMR446 allocation for the 16 channels ranged from 446.00625 to 446.19375 with 12.5 kilohertz channel spacing steps and two digital channel plans, sometimes called DMR446, 
or DPMR446. It goes on to continue that digital FDMA offers other 16 channels from the 446-103125 megahertz to 446-196875 megahertz with a 6.25 kilohertz channel spacing steps. And it continues. Four-level FSK modulation at 3.6 kilobits per second is used. Digital DMR Tier 1 TDMA PMR 466 channels are also available. Eight channels from 466.10625 to 446.19375 with 12.5 kilohertz channel spacing. And it continues. Four-level FSK modulation at 3.6 kilobits a second is used. All three of the PMR 466 channel plants occupy the same European harmonized 466.0 megahertz to 446.2 megahertz frequency band. Now, for those of us here in the U.S., we recognize the 446 band as our UHF amateur radio frequencies. So, it's really cool that in Europe you guys are using DPMR or DMR digital, right? Tier one on our uh, on your on your what we would call FRS radios, right? And again, it's very interesting. This is tier one because tier one means simplex, basically simplex. DMR. Tier 2 would include a repeater. That's the difference against refresh between Tier 1 and Tier 2. All right, so in conclusion, let's let's wrap this one up, right? Why GMRS? Well, if you're looking to listen to something different on your scanner, right? We talked a lot about transmitting and using it, but for your scanner, right? Why would you want to listen to GMRS? Well, it's something different to listen to. You may... Here's something that one day you may not hear the next day because you may hear people traveling through your area or you might find an event that's happening, right? Maybe an air show, maybe a carnival, maybe a golf tournament and you may find a lot of FRS in use there. You may just find some oddball conversations going on. It's going to kind of have the same sound as VHF, UHF, amateur radio, but it may not too because again, FRS is mixed in. You may hear some kids clowning around one day. You never know what you're going to hear on the GMRS frequencies. It can be very bland, and it could be very exciting. Your area will really dictate what it is you hear on these frequencies. But again, it's something to listen to. It's something that is non-encrypted. It's something that is analog. It's something you could pretty much listen to with any scanner radio that is on the market. But it's also something you can listen to and enjoy and start being part of the other side of the conversation. And by that, I mean you can hit the PTT and start talking to some of these people that you are listening to. You can build a community. You may even want to start a scanner radio net on a GMRS frequency or a repeater and talk to a repeater owner and say, hey, you know, this is something I want to set up. There's a lot of stuff we can do with GMRS. There's a lot of reasons to get on it. I think now with the licensing being at $35, I think that's a good time to get on it. Now, what I'll do is uh, in the session notes too, I'll post a couple of radios that look pretty interesting to me when it comes to GMRS. So if you're looking to get on the air and you're looking to buy something, I'll put a couple of radios online that you could take a look at and think about buying as well. So in closing, if you're a GMRS licensed user or if you think about getting on GMRS, you want to discuss more about GMRS, like I said, the Discord forums right now on our, on our server are popping with GMRS activity because a lot of people are jumping on there now 
because of the license change. So go to scannerschool.com slash discord to be a part of that conversation. As a reminder, I need more questions for the next upcoming Ask Scanner School session. Call us now, 516-308-2885, or go to scannerschool.com slash ask and hit the speak pipe link and leave us your question, or just fill out the form and email us your questions, and we'll get it answered on the next Ask Scanner School session. If you know of somebody that would benefit by hearing this podcast episode, please share that with them on your social media platforms or by email or text messaging or get on GMRS and say, hey, they talked about GMRS on Scanner School. Go take a listen. That's how we help more people with the Scanner Radio hobby is by you guys sharing it. And that's why I'm inviting you to do here. So with that, I'm going to say again, all the session notes for this episode are online at scannerschool.com slash session 229. We will catch you all again next week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for subscribing. And thank you again to my Patreon supporters for help supporting the podcast. We'll talk to you all again next week. 73, everyone.